Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, we're diving right back in to, after, uh, after blowing up Zeppelins yesterday... Uh, we're Let's diving, have breakfast, yeah. Yes, exactly. What have you done before breakfast? Well, uh, going into minute 102, and we're into uh, sort of into the coda of the whole thing. PB yeah, I... and uh, PB sitting there. We're back in the bulldog. This is the first time we really see the bulldog during the day. I'm trying to. I, I tend to think of all the other earlier scenes as nighttime. Yeah, they're they're pretty much generally generally a nighttime just thing. Of, and, you know, dinner and, or evening. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're just watching, they're just coming in. And, and apparently Jenny didn't get her way. It's like, they <laughs> let's go someplace else. Well, no, they're going <laughs> right. to go back. back to the now we're right there back at the Bulldog. And I don't think we we see what she's eating because there's, there's no soup. Yeah, yeah. But, know, and I noticed that she, she is wearing kind of a light tomato colored dress. And, yeah, that's true. That could have been uh, could have been white, you know, this morning and doused in tomato soup. Who knows? Yeah. Well, she is wearing. And so. later on, as we go, when we switch to the outdoor scene, we get a good view of her skirt, which is actually tomato colored. Right. So uh, this is her. I think she's the one with the most changes. She has. Uh, if we go over how many how many different things she wears, she had. Uh, there was an original uh, when she was first getting dressed. She had her uh, going out to the movies. That's her A costume. Then she had uh, uh, she had her Saxon princess costume, and then she had her she had her white dress. The the, the South Seas Club. I don't think the I don't think the negligee actually counts. So that would be four. Really, and this would be no. this would be outfit number five. So this is, she has I think of of all the people that are out there, she gets she has the most uh, coverage. Right, and and Cliff. Uh... Most likely the least, although yeah. we, we we can't. It's not always as obvious when he's got the uh, got the jacket on. But yeah, um, and it, it's just fascinating to me that he's sitting there, just if this is breakfast or lunch, taking it easy at the at the diner, still with the jacket, you know, the double breasted, everything buttoned most of the way up. Yeah, but yeah. then he's, again, we know how wearing, hard that he, is to get in and out of. He's wearing it Captain Kirk in Star Trek Two style. He's got the bib kind of yes. half folded down. <laughs> And uh, I just saw the I just saw the uh, revival edition of uh, Star Trek Two last night, and so this is much on my mind. But uh-huh. I never realized the uh, the Star Trek look of that of that bib jacket. So, um, and and of course we get as as they're they're discussing the uh, the car, the, right? The, the touring. That you know, was a nice car. That was such a great line that uh, <laughs> Alan Arkin just. You know, reading the the uh, the totally fake account in the newspaper, he was killed in the tragedy when flaming debris fell on his touring car. You know, and that's terrible. That was a nice car. And he gives <laughs> he was that little look over the top of his glasses. Yeah. I, I just love the guy. Yeah, he's just he he's just having a having a swell swell last moment there. Malcolm back in his uh, Bigelow suit. He was, I don't know. I wonder who's paying him now. If, uh, who inherited who inherited uh, Bigelow's airfield? Maybe yeah, Millie did. Who knows? It could be yeah. Millie. I, know, I like to think of it as Patsy. I like to think that Patsy's yeah. going to be running things from here on out. Yeah, she's the FBO operator. So, yeah, um, exactly. And uh, we do get one brief scene at second 31 where we get to see that they're mostly just having coffee, it looks like. They're having coffee. Oh, there it is, yeah. Except for Jenny's going for the orange juice. I guess she saw yeah. Millie picking those oranges and thought, you know, I can go for fresh squeezed and California oranges. I, I, PV has a plate of something by his left elbow that might be... Toast? Uh, it could be toast. I mean, what in 
when I'm frozen right at second 32, for a donut? I, I could be convinced, yeah, it's just a, a, a cake donut or a, a yeah. plate full of cake donuts. Yeah. So, and, and uh, so, so there's Malcolm at the uh, at the counter back with his, his usual gang of yeah, <laughs> airport yeah. bums. And then the guy on the end, of course, having a smoke. There's no better, yeah, no better yeah. way to start the day in 1938. Than... All, yeah, all in their usual spots, too, Goose and right. Skeets. And uh, I would have liked to have tried one of their toasted sandwiches. <laughs> Especially at those prices. Yeah, yeah, gosh. I don't know what the... I guess FAA wasn't really big on where you could drive your... <laughs> Or you could drive your uh, monoplane. Yeah, at this but, point, it would still have been the either the CAA or the CAB, the Civil Aeronautics Authority or Civil Aeronautics Board. You know, we we had you know you had regulations. You had the the concept of what we now call a pilot certificate. You had a pilot's license back uh, by this point, but but you know you're right by the airport, uh, you know, or basically on the airport. You, know, you taxi your taxi your GB right up to the back door. I think especially if you're Howard Hughes. And the yeah. F- the FBI works for you. You can damn well drive up the yeah. up the uh, 101 or whatever. Exactly. That, you know. Yeah, he's turning near off what we know as the Encino Road. Yeah, pulling in. Um, now at this point, is he steering with the tail? Well, that would be where he would be. Ste- yeah, so would be turning it. Yeah, so he would have uh, be steering with his uh, with his feet, and um, the uh, so using the using the rudder, using propeller blast over the rudder, using differential brakes. And there's a what I would my educated guess would be that um, at least I know on the the replica uh, Hero GB that flew earlier in the film had what we called sort of a semi uh, a semi castering tailwheel. So as you push with your with your right foot, the rudder moves to the right, and the wheel, the tailwheel there in the back, also moves, and and vice versa. But you can if you push far enough, it'll it'll break through, break free and caster, so you can make much much tighter turns if you push the pedal all the way. Ah. But uh, you'd be using uh, prop blast over the rudder and brakes. In this case, it's really interesting. I don't see I don't see a hint of any wires. I don't see any hints of where wires might have been optically painted out. But I'm assuming that there probably were. Now this one could have could be is probably taxiable with electric motors in the wheels. Because oh, this okay. is is that's that's not that uncommon, and it's it's frustrating because I really I kept wanting to believe that this was somehow the original airplane repainted, but um, there's this we know they built this full size mock up. We know thinking back to the earliest scenes of the uh, of the GB at Chaplin Field, the yellow and black one, that uh, that there must have been a mock up in the yellow and black paint as well because uh, we talk about Goose swinging the prop and starting the engine. It just don't imagine under any circumstances they would have allowed an actor to do that as convincing as it is and so this one's got a you know again probably an electric motor swinging a flat you know hopefully fairly harmless prop but the detail on it is is really nice those beautiful guy wires holding the uh, the sides of the wings up and you know, it looks very prototypical so yeah absolutely and this is basically the same type as the uh as the yellow and black one and so it, it could stand in for it now in in real life there was only ever one gbz built and that was the the gbz super sportster and that was the yellow and black one that's painted so looks just like the one from the first part of the movie but uh instead of lady luck it was the city of springfield so and this one is a very credible you know gb style paint job but doesn't quite replicate you know a a specific real airplane any idea what the provenance is of that uh, alpha 73 for the, the the tail number you know off the the top of my head i don't i don't know if that was ever assigned okay. so funnily enough the uh, 
well, that end number itself, that registration number, you know, to my knowledge, was never actually issued or anything. When I do see NA seventy three, I think of something a little bit uh, a little bit different, and that was the uh, early prototype for the P fifty one Mustang, what we call the XP fifty one, was uh, built by North American Aviation. So their internal designation for it was NA seventy three. So North American Aviation and their you know seventy third design, it would have been that kind of thing. And uh, that's uh, another airplane that sits uh, sits in our museum here in Oshkosh. So we've got. Uh, the oldest uh, oldest P fifty one Mustang in existence. Now there are wow. other variants out there, as it was kind of a parallel development thing, where you had some of them going to the British RAF as A thirty six Apache and and things like that. But it was built for the British. But when the U S was saying maybe we want one of these as well, and kind of starting this parallel development process, they uh, the, they built four prototype. P-51s, and, and we have one of them sitting there on display. The uh, configuration of that tail number, A, would that be acrobatic? You know, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure what that would that would mean. We normally see, uh, you know, we see NR and it's NC. Like R and, for, R for. Yeah, NR, yeah. NC, NX. Um, you know, I'd have to dig into that. Maybe we can we can touch back on that uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing a lot more of this little airplane. I, I, never, I never thought of that the idea of having electric wheels to, to drive a prop plane around. And, yeah, I know it's been done uh, in other films. That, now, it could just it could just be wires that are, you know, painted out better in this minute yeah. than, than a couple of times we've seen. Yeah, but if you got room for a battery, I mean, you could just build it like a golf cart and just right. have, some, have some wheels. With, nope. uh, and, and, of course, those, those big uh, the skirts, the, the spats on those wheels. Uh, yeah, the big wheels, wheel pants. So there's plenty, plenty of room. room to hide stuff. You know, when uh, I'm trying to figure out when we see that it's Carrie O'Quinn inside, uh, Terry O'Quinn, geez, I'm thinking of somebody else. Terry, <laughs> Gary, yeah. Terry, whatever. Uh, when we see that it's him inside, we're zoomed in tight enough that it, you know, it could be a stunt person, you know, sort of taxiing a drivable electric motor powered uh, replica, and then it conceivably could be on wires or, you know, who knows what when uh, Terry O'Quinn comes into the scene, or it could just be. You know, they they taught him how to do it. They taught him how to how to drive it. The one thing on yeah. this uh, on this mock-up, and I can't tell if it's just it's probably because he's just already loosened it. But one thing that really jumps out and says, if, if this is the if fully finished uh, mock-up, then um, the one thing it says to me that it's a mock-up is how sort of loosely that whole canopy uh, cover is fitting on there. Now I, he's probably already sort of cracked it open, but you notice those. Yeah, well, and we also see other hands too holding it to it. There's two other right, but even before that, when, when he first comes into frame, when yeah. we first see Howard Hughes in there, when he's still moving and the engines, you know, quote unquote, still running, yeah, those gaps around the front of it, you know, that would never, that would never work. So I'm, I'm guessing it's probably meant to be that he's just loosened it, uh, and because otherwise yeah. it would be, you know, it would be ratcheted down, and you wouldn't have a have a gap like that up front. That would be, you know, just absolutely wouldn't work at 300 miles an hour. Not yeah. viable. Yeah. It's quite a blast so. over the dashboard, uh, but you know, I, I I like the I like the yellow paint scheme, but I really enjoy this yeah, black and white. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just, the high contrast, and you could see this one for for quite a few years on the the backlot tour at Disney MGM. And I think we've since heard that it's not there anymore, but it's been been a long time since I've been out that way. And, and poor uh, poor Howard Hughes doesn't get a second suit. That's the same suit <laughs> he was wearing. I guess he and Cliff are, you know, of a, right. of a type. Uh, they're both pilots, and they, they don't have time well, to I change. I love his, uh, his sort of it's like a windbreaker thing. Yeah. yeah, this this flight jacket thing that sort of goes over the top, and of course, uh, 
you know, he's wearing goggles, uh, even with the canopy, but yeah, because it's because <laughs> you know, who, who wants to see that much, <laughs> right? Exactly. You already can't see anything yeah. out of the, out of the GV. So why not, uh, why not restrict oh, the visibility even further? Just, but just, he is bulletproof now, so he can you know doesn't have to worry about uh, oil seeping in through the canopy. Right. Yeah, it's funny you uh, uh, you mentioned bulletproof when the uh, the original Model Z crashed um, after you know it had a couple of seasons of racing under its belt and been upgraded with bigger engines and things like this. The speculation, at least at the time, and I think is somewhat generally accepted, was that the fuel cap had come off and come through the windscreen. And punched nope. through that front windscreen and incapacitated the pilot, and then crashed. And that was the the Z was the one that sort of started that that horrible reputation, saying his GVs are dangerous and they're they're killers and things. And uh, so you say bulletproof the um, so when they built the R one and the R two, the follow ons to the Model Z, they were the term that they used even at the time was that those windscreens would be bulletproof, wow. so that nothing uh, nothing would come through there. And so they, you know, thicker, it, thicker plexiglass that made it probably even harder to see through. Right, so. exactly. So, but you know, built to do, built to do just one thing and just go, you know, go fast. And, you know, and as we're recording this, uh, you know, here in September of of 2017, for those that are listening, a uh, hundred years from now, orbiting Jupiter, the guy named uh, a guy named Steve Hinton, Jr whose dad flew the uh, the GB and some other airplanes in this film. So Steve Jr. just set the piston engine-powered speed record in a highly modified P-51. And mm-hmm. as, as we're recording, that was about a week ago. And his... Uh, his top speed on these uh, on these runs in this P fifty one were uh, one of them was five hundred and fifty one miles an hour. Wow, which That's is like just Mach point eight. Yeah, it's it's right up there. It's just yeah. staggering to think in a piston engine airplane. But it's also interesting to think here in twenty seventeen. You know, we're flying a piston engine airplane at five fifty one, which is jaw dropping. Eighty years ago, guys flying GBs were hitting three hundred. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was 20 years after after the Wright brothers. So interesting to see how piston technology has, uh, it, it's not to say there's not still plenty of growth left in it, but if you're just going purely for speed, uh, you know, that growth curve flattened out quite a bit in the last 80 years. Yeah, well, they're starting to work, work against the limits of the design, the very it, limits of the design. Exactly. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, by the, by the late 30s, people were starting to think about jets and, and uh, moving in that direction entirely different topic i'm really impressed by howard hughes's ability to remember people's names uh i I, he get he gets out i I don't think he said one word ever to uh to jenny blake as far as i can recall they've never met you're right Uh, well i guess you know uh when she was climbing up the ladder perhaps on the uh on the auto gyro sure but that's not really the time to shake hands yeah you know that's another thing that we we never went over Uh, uh, well, I mean, besides the ridiculousness of jumping on a uh, on a ladder, ah, uh, true. Um, how do you get down, and where do they sit, and where, how, right. you know, uh, how do you even get in? You know, <laughs> where do they go? Ba- did they go back to Chaplin Field? Did they go back to Hughes? Did they go back to Hughes's Field at, at Santa Monica, or or do they just set them on the on the ground in the nearest point possible? I think I always assumed we're sort of meant to think. Um, think of what we would do in a in a proper helicopter, where you're you're hanging underneath and then, you know, just lower you gently to the ground and uh, off the ladder. Which really, I, I think we've discussed a bit here and there, really wouldn't work in an autogyro. Yeah. Autogyro doesn't have power to its main rotor. It can't just sit there and hover over a spot. Setting aside the fact that all that weight on the end of that, you know, even though it's right on the center of gravity, swinging on the end of that long arm, 
that auto gyro with uh, with Hughes and PV already in it is already pretty much at maximum gross weight. So adding another 300, 300, 300 pounds, pounds, something like that for, you know, the, the ladder and, and uh, big strapping uh, Billy Campbell and, and uh, Jennifer Connelly at the end there, just not convinced it could do it. If they were somehow hanging on the wings right in board, you know, an air, aircraft like that can usually do a lot better. Uh, there's a big safety margin built in. Usually carry more than its gross weight, but I just don't, uh, I just don't see that happening. So, again, it, hey. it's, it's from the it's from the laboratory the laboratories of uh, Hughes Aircraft. So he might right. be working on a very high lift craft that we just didn't realize. Exactly, and he's just uh, using a Pitcairn PCA two to test it out. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's his Sikorsky killer. Exactly, Um, yes. As we've seen, you know, we don't have to forgive this movie much, and I I will forgive it anything. I I recall many years ago going to an Armed Forces Day demonstration at Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland, and uh, they had all the different services coming and showing their different techniques, and one of them was they had a a, a Chinook helicopter come in and pick up a a squad of Marines who were on the ground, and they uh, tie themselves off on a rope, and uh, they, the uh, you know the helicopter came in. They they tied themselves off and took off, and you just saw them hanging like so much um, like a macaroni necklace. They were just kind of, <laughs> exactly. kind of hanging over the side, and then they they said they were flying off to Quantico. And I'm just picturing. I, I guess it's just a kind of a messy landing because you can't yeah. really haul them all in. And uh, right, yeah, you would you would just lower down and and you know gently set them on the ground, which is, that's always, like I said, that's what I kind of thought we were supposed to imagine would have happened with yeah. the auto gyro once it, uh, uh, once it pulled up, you know, pulled away and got them somewhere safe. But, uh, yeah, for, from, from what I understood from another Marine who, had, who was watching it, he said that the, uh, their horizontal velocity is a little bit high and it's not a very pretty sight when you're, right. when you're watching them come in and it's just kind of, <laughs> plus the twin prop wash. So as they're trying to, um, the D ring thing that they have to pull up oh, to get right. out. So, so they all basically kind of flop down on the grass as the as the, the prop wash blows over them, and they just kind of roll off into the into the edges of the field. You know, I would think that there would be um, bus service between Andrews and Quantico. Like there might be a better way to get there. Yeah, other than hanging <laughs> underneath. All, all for the pub, general public. Yeah. Exactly. Here's a quick question for you. At uh, let me scrub back to it here. As Hughes uh, hops out of the airplane, you know, this last few seconds of this minute, um, toward the right side of the frame, basically behind Jenny's head, off in the background, there's a building. Which, is there a sign on the the roof of the building? And if so, can you uh, at what that says? I could, I, I could, you could tell me it said Gilbert or something, and I would believe that. But it doesn't say Chaplin Field. Is that not the? Um, oh, it might. That might be a Chaplin Field sign. Yeah, there's. I think there's a sign on Encino Road. It's on the left hand side of the intersection, and it'll okay. say Chaplin Field with an arrow below that. So what I'm and what I'm looking at it, the illusion is anyway that it's right on the roof of a building though, like it would be. But it, yeah, that might actually just be Chaplin Field. And the whole thing might be an arrow. It's, uh, I've I've I, that 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 sign has gotten me before in the past. So I was okay. staring at it and going, hmm, what could it be? Um, oh, way in the way in the back. Way way in the background. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the green. There's a green sign to the left in uh, about second 47. Oh, a okay. car passes in front of a yeah. green sign that says Chaplin Field. I'm in the high the high 50s. Yeah. Um, uh, just off of Jenny's like, shoulder. Garage is it? Or is oh, it that could be. Yeah, it could be garage. Yeah, there's yeah. a car parked out front it's there. Garage. Which, yeah, way down the. Uh, and it's it's amazing too. You look look down all the way that far, and I I can't make out the 
particular make or model of a car, but I can tell that it's period appropriate. Yeah. And it's just a blurry smudge way off in the distance, but it was important enough to, you know, to keep that in. And I just, yeah, little touches like those Federal Highway Association style bridges that I, I recognize the the architecture of the, that the, that bridge that's in the far distance on the other side of the intersection right. next to the light. Uh, just little, just little pieces of this, and this is all Valencia, so we're not in, we're nowhere near Santa, Ma- Santa Maria, but finding a similar site with all the eucalyptus trees yes. in the background, definitely, you know, super Californian. Oh, and I can, I can smell those eucalyptus trees. We had them lining our, or right at the end of our driveway. I had huge ones when I was a kid in California. Always uh-huh. sends me back. So, in an, uh, not no spoilers, but in an upcoming episode, we talk about this, uh, this whole closing scene. And uh, how there appears in one shot to be a stand-in for beloved character actress Margot Martindale. Yes. But here at second... That's uh, definitely her. This is definitely her when we see her walking in a frame at second 52, 51 or so as yeah. uh, Hughes is getting out. So she's walking up. So it's really her. But then we see it's either... Three regulars. Yeah. <laughs> it's either in a later uh, later shot we see what's either her or, or excuse me, somebody that's either standing in to be her or somebody just happens to be wearing her same outfit. Yeah. I can't imagine two women having that uh, that that triangular piping on the uh, <laughs> on the sleeves. That uh, that would not seem to make too much sense. Uh, unless there was a sale maybe and they... <laughs> At the same dress, and everybody in the style wanted that this week. You know, it's it's funny too. Looking around this uh, around this scene, as total people walking around, sort of admiring the airplane. There's a there's a guy in the distant background taking you know taking a couple of snapshots, views climbing out of it, and everything. There's sort of a man in black <laughs> milling around in the background yeah. uh, off to the right of the frame. But then this is uh, a guy in. This looks like he might be somebody because there's a guy. He's in this blue shirt. Well, the the guy, the, yeah, the guy in black is the one that's later going to have some uh, interaction with the aircraft. To, oh, uh, the, to peel that's the right. Off. He's the sticker peeler. So he's one of yeah. He's one of Hughes's men. He's a Hughes guy. And the guy taking the snapshots. I was just wondering if that's a Leica camera. It looks kind of a th- like a thirty-five millimeter. The way he's holding it, it's kind of it's it's not it's not like a brownie, and it's not a. Uh, it's definitely not like a speed graph. Right. Yeah. It's, it's he just very seems small, to be holding very compact. It. And so I was just wondering if he might be a German spy. I'm, it, I'm sure that's a very plausible. <laughs> and, uh, and Lothar is probably hiding way up in the trees. Yeah. He's climbed up there and he's looking down on the still, whole scene. Still mad about that bouncing off the, off the Hollywood sign. Yes, exactly. But then thinking to himself, it's, that was a nice car. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> You know, you've got somebody at the the right of the frame at the very end who's kind of adjusting his uh, his great leather flyboy jacket, and he's got his aviator shades yeah. on, and he's just really kind of upbeat and happy about this whole thing. But then blue shirt guy yeah. just sort of sits, stands there and stares. Uh, he wanted to be the rocketeer. He's got the jod yeah, and, and, uh, and the boots, and the big pants. He's all ready for yeah. it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Or he wishes Howard Hughes would just you know give him a new airplane I'd, too. I didn't get a point. Well, wait, we don't. But that, spoilers. Oh, we don't know further, if that's we don't know what's happening. Ahead. That guy must be cold. that guy with the with the uh, aviator's jacket must be really cold because he's got a shirt, he's got a like what looks like a leather vest, and then another this thing on top of it. Right. But you know, and cool, you know, Billy's cool Billy's got his heavy leather jacket. Howard Hughes has uh, his uh, flight jacket over his suit and everything else, and and Jenny's just in shirt sleeves. Yeah, she's a tough gal. Yeah, she is. And somewhere um, the ghost of Neville Sinclair is saying, you know, I prefer you this way. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, a great minute. I think this is a is, this is one one good thing after another is going to be happening on this week. Even though this is you know coming up on our final week, right. great great way to end the series. Uh, we will be having some more discussions about this tomorrow, and uh, 
I'm not even going to tell you who the guests are coming up. So we're going <laughs> to you're going to have to keep tuning in and finding out who we, who we have. But we do have some interesting. And that's not because we don't in. know. Okay, <laughs> let's be clear about that. <laughs> no, they all promise, and they'll be here, and really, so we'll see. But it, it's all it's all happening. But uh, thanks for joining us here uh, each and every week. This is uh, this has been a, a lot of fun hearing from everybody, and uh, it just gets better and better. And as I as I said yesterday, we may have some more episodes post credits, post everything. There might be a post credit sequence, even if the movie. We, we may have to go over the uh, the FBI warning and the. Right. <laughs> But uh, we have some we have some more people coming, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but here, you know, please, if you'd like to reach out to us on social media, do so at all the usual spots: Twitter, airport, uh, airport. I wasn't going to do that anymore. Twitter, Rocketeer Minute. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. Find us at the big site, rocketeerminute.com. And uh, you can still sign up for us. Go go to iTunes or Google Play, type in Rocketeer Minute, and, uh, and hit subscribe, and you can still get the, these remaining episodes. Gosh, a week to go. So uh, get, get, get in there and make sure that you're still getting us hot and fresh every morning. Uh, we'll join you here tomorrow as we continue to watch all the good news on this sunny Sunday morning in uh, in Valen- or in uh, actually in Los Angeles. It's <laughs> in the case of the movie. Uh, we'll, we'll join you here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out. Thank you.